Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. And of course, it's a big week because it is Betfair Spring Cup weekend up at Haydock. We will, of course, be previewing that and so much more action. We've got Ascot action, we've got Kempton action and Leopardstown, Irish Champions weekend. And as a result, you've got two Racing Only Betters coming at you this week. We have 10 races to kick on through loads to get through with the boys dan barber is with us kevin blake is with us he's hyped as always and daryl carter as well but because we've got so much to get through we're just going to kick straight on we're not going to do the niceties who wants to do does anyone want to do weather watch it's hot my mother's fainted it's hot that's all <laughs> i've got really like does anyone have anything else to add daryl you were good at weather well that just about sums it up doesn't it i think i'll see uh i think i see ascot have uh I've soft in the garden description or, or or good virgin on the good yeah i see i see turf tracks tweet that earlier and i thought jesus christ like we're living in an oven at the moment like like just work on a base of, of fast ground would be mark would be the way i'd go with it so yeah let's just stick with that it's, it's, it's good good and quick everywhere if you like Right, boys. And before we go any further, we should tell you about the new sportsbook offer this weekend, Friday, Saturday um, and Sunday. This is available to you this weekend. A completely free bet on racing multiples, but you've got to opt in and you've got to do it responsibly and read the T's and C's, please. And of course, that runs alongside our usual Saturday offer, which is bet £5 on horse racing multiples and get a free bet. So get stuck in to those. But as I said, do it responsibly and please do opt in. Shall we kick straight on, guys? Uh, Daryl, I'm going to come to you first. We're obviously going up to Haydock because that's where the big Group 1 action is. And we are going to kick off with the first race at Haydock. It's the 150. And obviously, we're going to get to the Betfair Spring Cup, which is the highlight. Never mind a bit of Irish action in Leopardstown. But the 150 at Haydock over the mile. It's the Group 3 and light infantry for Jamie Spencer, who's in excellent form at the moment, Daryl, is the 13-8 to favourite. Trained by, of course, David Simcock. Brings in such good form with the likes of Inspiral and Triple Time. And even further back with Modern Games, the now retired. But he's got to take on the likes of Chindit, who's 7-2. to Zoology in there at 9-2. to Some nice, solid types in here, Daryl. Daryl, but where did you end up? Yeah, you mentioned get stuck in. I think I'm tempted to get stuck into light infantry here. Um, the, the, yeah, the, perhaps the ground is 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 not absolutely to his perfect liking, but this is a big, big drop in grade here. Uh, lowest grade he's been in since I think he won the Horace Hill at Newbury in his second career start. It's just his form for me is just miles above most of these. Now I know he was behind Chindit in the lockings in the lockings at Newbury, but. I just felt he was caught off the pace that day and just and just raced well away from the action. But he stayed on strongly enough to think that he could take care of Chinder if he was sort of racing up sides, as he did at Ascot. For me, I think he's by far the best horse in this race. So I'm hoping they're going to run. I'm hoping they're not going to pull him out if the ground starts quickening him up too much. Because for me, I think he's a very strong star. If he was mine, I'd be trying him at 10. But... I think he's a very strong start at the moment. I think he wants to be ridden just a little bit closer to the pace in a field like this. But I, I'd be surprised if there's anything outstanding at the finish. For me, he's the class act in the race. He's clear on ratings. And uh, yeah, it'll do for me to, to kick off a good day up at Haydock. I love that enthusiasm, Daryl. That's exactly what we're after on this show. Over to you, Dan, to follow that up. Do you think light infantry is just going to have the class over a few of these? Or do you share the sort of wavering, sort of slight ground concerns with Daryl? Uh, not so much. I think, yeah, the, this is the best horse in the race. And the old were it trained by somebody else job, uh, I suspect <laughs> we wouldn't be getting the price 
that you are able to get. My potential fly in the ointment might be a tactical race. And I'm wondering if the gap is as big as the market's making you think that Point Linus has got to bridge from trying to make all in these massive field handicaps at York and running really well and the potential to dominate a smallish field race around a sharp track, albeit against better calibre of horses. So that would be my saver material as the rag of the field point line as a really likeable front runner. But yeah, I think as long as light infantry stays in touch, it might just be game set and match for the others because he is, as Daryl says, probably better than them. All right. Are you just going to keep it simple, Kev, and go for the class act with light infantry? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the horse, Vanessa. I have been since the get-go. Um, you'd love oh. a drop of rain. And a tea you never know. Like, Jesus, <laughs> you know, moisture can come out of all sorts of places in a tea dock. Um, what are you going to do, God? Sneeze on uh, it. <laughs> what a sentence <laughs> that was. Keep it on the right side of the taste line now, lads. Um, <laughs> have like, we, have like we ever been on the right side of the taste line? That is a question. <laughs> I sunburn head looking even redder after trying to stifle a laugh of this. Yeah. Um, um, well, that way, whether some mystery moisture appears or not, um, I think Light Infantry is going to take all the beating. And uh, he's, he's tactically versatile, in fairness to him. Like, they kind of, they, they went a bit bananas at, at Ascot there and surprised everyone uh, to make the running that day in the Queen Anne. And they ran very well, so they, they can do whatever they want with him. Um, and look, sure, hopefully, whatever they do, he ends up in front on the line. All right, let's move on then to the 225. We've got to keep this snappy. Uh, over the mile six, it's the three rolls to the four. Nakib is your nine to four favourite for Haggis, but he's got a handle on this because he's taking on Lordship also from the Haggis yard. Both of them have form with the Melrose winner, Middle Earth, and they are currently nine to four at the top of the market. Lordship five to one. Um, Daryl, I'll start with you again here, seeing as you love three-year-olds. I feel like I've given you that tag. I don't really know if you deserve it, but this is a hell of a race get, to get try. Get in trouble for that type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't give him that tag for his sake. Right, Jesus. Okay. We've completely lost the taste Jesus. line altogether now. Um, go on, go on Daryl. This is, this is a very tricky race to unpick. I know the horse that's on the market short enough, but after that, I thought there was plenty of depth in this. Yeah, I thought I thought it was tricky enough as well. To be honest, Nakeem's obviously a very likable type. People are going to warm straight to a William Haggis unexposed horse um, going handicapping. Uh, look, he's been put up what eight pounds for collateral form through Middle Earth Melrose win. Um, yeah, he's a nice horse. He's going the right way. I think he'll improve for the step up to a mile six. Do I want to be with him at nine to four off a mark of a hundred? Not really. He's probably going to have to be a group worthy horse uh, to, to be winning off, off that sort of mark here. Um, I thought. Denmark was very interesting. Obviously, same form line through that Melrose run last time. Um, I thought he was a little bit. I thought he was a little bit reluctant at times. I thought Ryan Moore, or Ryan Moore, um, was very cautious about hitting the front too soon on him. He's clearly uh, very quirky, but he's he's got a St Ledger entry. He's got Melbourne Cup entry. Obviously, think a little bit of him. Um, so he's obviously interesting. The one I was just going to take a chance with was was French Invasion for Charlie Johnson. I just think he's at the right end of the handicap. Uh, whereas the other two, uh, you know, they're high enough, in my, in my opinion. He's getting tons of weight here. He, he's completely unexposed on a faster surface. I thought he ran much, much better at Newmarket. He was all at sea on the undulations there behind Cavern Club. But he's he's a strong stayer. He's bred to be pretty useful. He's a half-brother to Raheem House and Sea of Faith and amongst other horses. But 
No, he's a he's a double figure price, and I thought away from the obvious at the top of the market, I thought he was uh, perhaps worth taking a chance on. I'm hoping he's going to go forward. So yeah, I, I think he's a pretty good horse. I think he's better than a mark of eighty two. So we'll see. But um, he's a value in the race for me. All right, but a value from Daryl then. But in agreement, Dan, that it, it's a tricky enough race to unpick at this stage. Yeah, I'm dusting off that balaclava if eight go to post, and um, <laughs> it's obviously. Love it. Lots of wear and tear on it by now. It's been in a couple of canals and stuff, hasn't it? But um, I'm a big fan of Lordship. I mean, I always talk about what the market made of them last time. Lordship was nine to two, wasn't he, to win that? Um, Melrose. Um, he's now five to one. Denmark was a tens chance and did finish ahead of him and shape really well. Pulled, but still saw his race out very strongly. He was a tens chance and he's now three to one clear favourite. I just think Lordship is almost certainly going to run well. He got he found himself too far back at York. Um, he was on the wrong part of the track as well. He tried to go nearer the far side where everything, mid, Middle Earth, the winner came right up the near side rail. Denmark was never far behind on that part of the track either. So I just thought he was a very, very solid option. Progressive horse who actually made more of a believer of me last time than I perhaps was going into the race. All right. And final word then to you, Kev. Uh, we've thrown a few darts at the board now, but are you going to add anything more into the mix? No, look, I thought Denmark was really solid. Um, that Melrose form is the form I want to be with. Um, on the day, like the time and sectionals uh, stacked up really well um, with the main event at the Ebor. And look, you, you just like his profile. He's unexposed. Um, like he went off 11 to 4 for a Bally Sacks. And um, clearly had his issues in between, but up and trip blinkers on. He ran a storm or bumped into one that I'd say will be operating and uh, at group level pretty soon. And um, handicapper had a say, but look, I think he'll improve again and prove himself to be better than a one o two horse. Denmark for me. All right, Denmark then is currently at the moment three to one in the market. But we roll on to the three o'clock at Haydock. And if if we thought that that was competitive, oh no, is it? Yeah, the three o'clock. It is the three o'clock. Um, this is the Bet for Exchange Old Borough Cup. And Aztec Empire is your five to one favourite for the balding team. James Doyle in the saddle could be a very good day for him. Keys Chorister for David Menuzier at five to one, two. Knowlton Cross in there at 11 to two. Forza Ultra in there at 13 to 2. And Post Impressionist, who's let a few people down in the past, is currently 13 to 2 for Haggis. Tom Marquand in the saddle. Adjuvant in there has got positive mentions on this show before with Michael Bell, 13 to 2. Dan, should we kick off with you first for this? Yeah, you, you go meant... first here. Hey, I will do, yeah. And I'm. Um... I'm with another Haggis horse in post-impressionist. You mentioned him in, not disparaging, but I could understand the sort of pessimism with him because I mean, he didn't make his reappearance, did he, until the Northumberland plate. And he was made favourite, I think, for the race when we were doing the pod on the Thursday for Saturday. And we we're like, well, from that draw, he's got a big ask, really. He was drawn in the car park. And since then, I've been watching rather than backing him just to see how he got on because the horse I really rated last season on exposure as a stayer at the start of the campaign. That belated return suggested they might have had an issue or two with him. But I've just been looking for him to show a bit more spark. And I thought we saw that in the Ebo with some late headway. Look, there's there's not a lot between many of these. The market tells you that. The result of the, the Ebo itself um, tells you that as well. But he did certainly shaped better than he had done previously this season and we like positive form figures 0979 don't 
really factor in to that sort of positivity. But that latest nine maybe wasn't the disaster it might look in a really competitive handicap. And I wondered if he might just be rounded into form and that'll do for me. Okay, so wide open affair, Daryl, over to you. I hope I hope we have three different options in this race. It deserves that. Yeah, I wonder if the taking the cheek piece of post impression has helped him last time because thought um I I'm the same as Dan. I thought I'm a big fan of this horse last season. Chaos Chorister was a massive eye catcher in that evil, like ridiculous. Oh. Like, you'd have to have been blind not to have seen it. But obviously the market <laughs> has reacted to that. Um but like it's, this is a very strange race. Like no no runner from the has come out of the evil and won this race. Like which is which is quite strange, really, considering ever. Well, in the last ten years at least. Um like if you'd have backed the from the second to the fifth in the Ebor in since twenty seventeen, you'd have only backed three winners next time out. Two at Chester and actually you can Glenn, sorry, in the last ten years, who won this race. So only you can Glenn. Which is quite remarkable considering the strength of the Ebor, you know, over the years. Um Chaos Chorister, like I'm probably gonna have to bat the horse, really. I was kind of wishing I never did that piece of work after I had because I really <laughs> like Chaos Chorister. But the other one I was gonna uh, give a mention to is Tritonic. Um I was happy to put a line through his run at Goodwood in atrocious conditions. But prior to that, he did really well in the Ascot Stakes. He did the best of those on the pace. Finished quite strongly. He's very, very unexposed as a stayer. He's only had two goes beyond beyond the mile five. One of them was the Chester Cup on dire ground, um, which was not his bag. And then obviously that two mile four Ascot stakes last time. Um, he's very, very lightly raced with good in the going description as well. I and mean, when he was going over hurdles, they always wanted decent ground, ground for him. Um, I think he's got three wins, three seconds, a third, sixth and a fourth uh, on good ground over a variety of trips. So, Look, he's not the best handicapped horse in the race, but as Dan mentioned, there's not a whole lot between these, and this is quite a compressed handicap in terms of weights. I thought he could go well at a big price. There's four places on the Betfair Sportsbook for this, so I'll be happy to back him each way, but I'll probably have a couple of quid on Chaos Chorister as well. And I know TC's put Chaos Chorister up as well earlier this week at a decent price, so um, hopefully we'll be cheering that one on together, but I, I am going to have a bit on Tritonic at all. All right, Tritonic currently 16 to 1 on the sports book. Seems like a few people might have latched on to a few of your angles already, Daryl. Um, over to you then for a final word, Kev. We've had a few bigger prices here, less focused near the top of the market, although Kev's Chorister is currently 5 to 1. Um, are you adding adding anything else into the mix? Yeah, I thought C. King was interesting. Samara Prescott um, won well at Goodwood last week, was entered in the racing league this evening um, under a penalty. But when they saw the strength and depth of the Irish challenge, including a Tony <laughs> Martin horse with eight, say eight pounds in hand, Vanessa, Sir Mark said, no, thank you. I will go to Haydock instead. And he's a clever man as Sir Mark. His horses are running very well. And um, I like this horse going back up in trip. I think it'll suit him. Um, straightforward, nice forward ride, which I, I like around Haydock, um, around the round track. So Sea King, I thought, at, uh, at a just about a double figure price, I think, um, would do for me. Well, currently nine to one on the sports book uh, with Betfair, but might drift out, I suppose. Um, and it's Gamble Landed for those waiting for the Racing League reference. <laughs> Ding dong, go collect. Happy days. Uh, Vanessa, we'll I'm here. Then. I've tra- I've travelled to Wolverhampton. I'm excited. I'm here. <laughs> it's only two hours away and the Irish team, once again, if you listen to this in time, that's just back them all because we're throwing everything at it today and I think we've got loads of chances. Back them all. Well, no, go on. If anyone's listening to it, come on, you must have a preference. There must be... 
Is there a horse that you think is going to go close, oh, closest? Oh, honestly, we'll have winners. We'll have winners, Vanessa. The uh, Mon Mayer in the six furlong sprint. I'm going to make all. I'll tell you how he's going to do it as well. Billy Lucknam. <laughs> Um, got to make all. Uh, Tony Martin, as mentioned in the mile six race, the eight fifteen has one with uh, eight pounds in hand, and uh, Mark Lucknan, our second string in that, is not bad either. So I'm telling you, we're going to have winners, Vanessa. And we're even stronger than last week. A double was fine last week, but we're aiming for even uh, more. No, no, week. you pro- you promised them all. Winning all races last week. Well, yeah. I, no, no, I, I, I said back them all and you'll make money. And if you back them all, you would have made money, Darren. I say him again, back them all. I promise you, back them all. They all have chances. They're all fancy. Back them all. Guys, let's move on because it's the big one up at Haydock. Betfair Sprint Cup, the Group 1, the Sprint Cup up there, sponsored, of course, by Betfair. And it's a very, Darren, I'm going to come to you first here because Shaquille, the sprint horse of the season, is your four to five favourite currently with Sportsbook. Spycatcher is next best in there at tens. You've got Millstream in there at tens, Sacred in there at tens as well. St. Lawrence Regional, but it's just all around Shaquille. Is this just going to be a procession for him, as the betting suggests? Obviously, we know about how difficult he can be in the stalls. We know about how can, how difficult he can be beforehand as well. James Doyle back on for the ride, but is it just as straightforward? And if it is, how are you playing the race? More importantly. I'm straightforward, I suppose, and Shaquille probably don't go in the same sentence, but like I, I, can, see <laughs> what, I can see what you're saying. And, and yeah, I, I do I do agree with really. I am with Shaquille. Um uh, look, it doesn't but his quirks don't seem to stop him. And the fact that he was able to do what he did, missing the break in the Commonwealth Cup and come through and win as he did, like it was quite remarkable, really. I at the time I actually thought, well, look, they must have gone very slowly or something wasn't quite right. But he's gone to the July Cup next time and he's he's pulled like an absolute train and he's still won. Um he's a very, very talented horse. How would I play this outside of him? I would probably look at sort of like the formula that's 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 gone before this race in the last few years. So like it's quite interesting because we're we're always drawn into these horses that are sort of rated 104 or 106 that are gonna come on and improve. But it hasn't really been the sort of the trend in the race of the last few years. Like since 2015, every winner has been rated 114 plus. In the last 10 years, 111 is the lowest rated winner other than Twilight Sun when he won. But when he won in 2015, all of the Group 1 winning sprinters that year were absent from the race. So you are kind of looking towards those high-rated sprinters, ideally that have placed in Group 1 company in first, second or third in Britain or France that season. And that gives you a very, very short short list. Shaquille, Sacred, Run to Freedom and Cardem. So I'd kind of be looking at Cardem and Run to Freedom to perhaps who haven't got that much to find on the bare form with Shaquille and perhaps try and play them each way. They're both big, big prices, but I do think we're playing for prices against Shaquille. And uh, if he turns out and breaks on terms, Jesus Christ, I think he'll, uh, I think he'd be an impressive winner. All right. Well, we'd love an impressive winner at the race, and he has been one of the big stories of the season, Dan. But. Daryl's given us a few to go to war with there in terms of chasing him home. Is that how you're playing? Or are you looking at the without market? Which is the angle? I'll just uh, I'll play the main market with him because, as Daryl says, like he has got this freakish ability to overcome these circumstances, but he does keep setting himself, he keep doing things wrong, pulling hard. It was remarkable. In a top-level sprint, to pull so hard you find yourself in front and then have enough left to sustain it was... Uh, an incredible show of ability. I don't know if it draws anything to consider. Not that long ago, when the the heavens had opened, admitted that Haydock had one of the mark, most marked track biases you'll ever see on that Temple Stakes day. And he's in five, I think he is off the top of my head. 
He's in five, yeah. The the definite pace is swing along in uh, one of the high stalls. And after starting with the belief that spy catchers are definitely a group one level sprinter, the way he's gone through his races, I mean, he's one of those I could write one of those tragedy love stories with because I got with him at Newcastle, thought he was, was so impressed with what he'd done at Ripon on his return. And then he got chinned after I thought committing for home too soon. And that might have been the case in the Primoz de Geese as well. But the issue is definitely conditions because I think he would want the bud. Um, he definitely seems more effective in it. So in a roundabout way, I came back to the horse who was just behind him, St. Lawrence, who TC put up to win the Wokingham earlier in the season when he did. And I just loved how he went through that race, a top-level six-and-a-half furlong prize, and he's still pulling almost. or Not pulling, I'd say just tanking two furlongs out. He had to wait for a gap, and he came home with real purpose. Quick ground is no issue for him. It's been baking in the northwest. I can't believe it's not going to be on the quick side, despite Haydock's previous. So, stole 14, tracking that pace. I thought he made a lot of each way appeal, like a, a real improver for the new stable. All right, St. Lawrence thrown into the mix then. And Kevin, over to you. Are you keeping it simple? Are you throwing something else in to chase Shaquille home? Or, controversially, does Shaquille get beat? He's been brilliant, like remarkable, really. But but you just know it's probably going to go wrong at some stage. And look, the, the market hasn't well found at this stage. And he just wouldn't, uh, you know, purely from a hard-headed betting point of view, I just couldn't, you just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it anyway. Um, and you'd rather go fishy-fishy amongst the bigger prices. And if you if, if you finish second or third to him, fair enough, you'll probably end up getting a bigger return than you, win back in, than you will backing him to win the race at his price. Um, Millstream has been impressive this season. Um, like Shaquille has really ripped forward. In fairness to this fella, he's ripped forward as well. Um, his last two in France have been very good. Um, the ground wasn't as bad as officially described last time. Um, look, more needed. But like the march he's on, like there's, I'd say there's definitely more to come. Faster ground was no issue earlier in the season. And um, he's a horse I like. Um, he's a horse I quite like, actually. So uh, Millstream will do for me. All right, Millstream then in the Betfair Sprint Cup. What a race it is to look forward to. I hope it's a procession for Shaquille and he can continue um, the sort of excellent story he's provided throughout the course of the summer. Uh, but we have to move on to Ascot. We've got to move on at pace because we've actually got so much to get through. Ascot now, then Kempton and Leopardstown. 2.35 at Ascot. Daryl, seven furlong handicap. It's a class two. Hikori is your nine to two joint favourite at the moment. Well, 11 to two. Quinnell actually with the sports book. Quinnell obviously finished his winning run when we last saw him, but it wasn't necessarily a disappointing effort at Ascot. Uh, Love to Vega after that for the Charlie Johnson team at seven to one. Um, can Quinault get back to winning ways? He's also been one of the stories of the year, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's quite possibly. Luke Catton's going to have to keep a good, fierce hold of him, though, to stepping up seven furlongs here, and uh, that would be that would be your concern. On with Hickory, store fourteen, oh. Safi Osborne. Yeah, I think I think he's the best handicapped horse in the race. I think he's unexposed. I think he arrives on the back of that excellent second to uh, to Baradar and the Martin Shandon. I think that's the best piece of form in the race. Um, I think he's got scope off his mark. Quick ground will be no issue at all. I think this, this, um, the stalls on the stand side here, I'm just hoping Safi is very aware being drawn against the rail that they are going to converge over to that rail. So I'm hoping that he doesn't get locked away. But if she pushes forward and he's ridden fairly promptly, I, I think he, I think he'll take a good bit of whack in here. I think, I think he's much better than 89. So it'll do for me. Okay. Here Corey then gets the vote. Um, Daryl, you can go next here. He's just just gone. No, sorry, Dan. Dan, 
Do you know why I'm just distracted for a minute? Because my mother's just arrived. No, my mother's just arrived. She's on, as far as I can see, I think she's on both feet. So that's good. (sighs) Much love, Sally, thinking of you. Um, you. (laughs) Yes, I've got a form figure read. I've got a form figure read. Oh, yes. Come on. Come on. on. Uh, Just ignore the nine and the seven in the middle of this, right? But we've got 191725 for bless him in straight track handicaps at Ascot, including some of the most competitive around. Um, He's in a lesser race than he normally runs in. This is his track. Haley's style as a rider is very similar to Jamie Spencer's, who has got so many good tunes out of this horse. And I can envisage him weaving his way through. He got too far back last time in the in the international, a race he finished second in last year. He was fourth in a Bunbury Cup, uh, fifth in a Hunt Cup. I mean, you're just going to get a run for your money, aren't you, with him? And he's particularly interesting around here as those form figures except the nine and seven show you. Yeah, Dan, I mean, I'm, Ke- your, I'm, your, I'm your pal, Dan. I'm your pal. So I'm going to give you some p- feedback. Yeah. Your, your delivery needs some work. Your setup <laughs> and your delivery needs some work. I know it's in you, Dan. This but is a recurring theme. You, you just have to put in some thought before you deliver it. Prepare, failing to prepare and all that. Will you yeah, say one nine one seven two five in convincing voice, please, Kevin? <laughs> I thought it one. sounded like a phone number. Like you might. It would go like this. One nine one seven two five. That's, That's good. good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah thank you you'll learn dan you'll learn mm. go on kev i was I, I knew you were going to get stuck into his form figures but do you have a view here more importantly no i don't you can you can move on from me here vanessa no view all right okay dan let's kick on uh daryl actually we'll come to you here for <laughs> the next race at ascot the 310 over the mile four it's the coffee handicap as i like to call it for the three-year-olds <laughs> and alsa kib is your favorite at seven to two gallant lion in there for tony carroll and your woman safi osborne at four to one victory dance has new headgear for the appleby team at nine to two overactive in there has got his act together finally a horse i've been following because born and bred at colworth grounds um, is thirteen to two. Ben Aker in there. Charlie Johnson's operation eight to one. Um, are you looking at the favourite here, the very unexposed balding runner, or looking at something with a little bit more form and structure in the book? To be honest, I went through this race and I didn't really fancy a whole lot, so I just came down on the best horse in the race for me, and that's Victory Dance. Um, I think, nice. this, like, I think this is horses potentially sort of listed. Group three level horse. Um, he's done very little wrong, really. And I think the step up and trip will suit him. I think getting back on faster ground will suit him. I like the angle of them putting the blinkers on this horse uh, just because he he sort of looked around a good bit in France last time. And uh, I, I think there's more ability in there. I just think the blinkers might be able to unlock it. He was a big eye catcher behind Castle Way on his penultimate start and seasonal return uh at uh at new market and uh if he repeats that form i think he, i think he's got to go close here so for me the best horse in the race is victory dance that kind of got in a bit of a muddle with the handicap marks for the rest of them to be honest all right victory dance with the new gear on nine to two and kev any mention for you here christ vanessa read the whatsapp group no <laughs> <laughs> no Sorry, me either I- <laughs> Sorry, I know you're a no dan but kev mm. we did ask you beforehand and i don't have the whatsapp group up here 
Oh, but, but Vanessa, we're clearly behind time. I put in the WhatsApp group, skip me out of the next two. I don't have a big view. It's all about, come on, come on, come on. It's Jeez. all about what? The Racing League. Okay, on to Kempton, though. Surely you have a view about the September States. Because yes. this is an absolutely fascinating one. Go on then, Kev. For your sins, despite the fact you always ask to go last, you can go first here for just throw me under the bridge there. Um, Bay Bridge. <laughs> under the bridge. <laughs> I, I used to love that Red Hot Chili Pepper song, Under the Bus. It was cracking. Is that not it? No? Okay. On oh, we go. Lordy. On we go. That's another one. <laughs> Barry Orr is just fuming right now, isn't he? What's the WhatsApp group? Bar- Bar- oh, Barry Orr is oh, ready. Barry Orr is yeah. ready to go under the bus at the minute. <laughs> September stakes, guys. Bay Bridge. Very fascinating runner here. 11 to 10 with Betfair on the sports book. Taking on Israel. Um, no, Baybridge is, yeah, 11 to 10 with Sportsbook, actually. <laughs> Different prices elsewhere. Isra is currently 5 to 2. After that, Candlefoot is in there at 5s. And come on, Kev, like I said, you can take one here. Yeah, look, those odds compilers with the Sportsbook, I always say how clever they are, and they are dodging the bridge, and rightly <laughs> so, um, because Baybridge is um, is just going to win. Um, this is a fantastic opportunity for him. I thought they'd run in the Irish Champion Stakes, but they've decided to come here instead. Um, the ground's got to be quick at Leopardstown, as we'll discuss, and I'd say they just said, don't necessarily fancy doing that, so they're going to come to Kempton on the all-weather. Um, we've seen him operate well on an all-weather surface before, um, albeit much earlier in his life, um, but I think the surface will suit him well. Um with, with the weather being so warm, like these all weather surfaces, like they're going to ride slow and deep. Um, because all the uh, any any surface that has wax in it, like the wax literally melts and it just makes it um makes it super deep. Kickback gets bad, and um, uh, it it'll be just fine for him. And uh, like I've always had great regard for Baybridge. Um, he doesn't always do it, and he's let people down a couple of times. But um, he is a proper Group One horse, and uh, poor old Israr has to give up a penalty to him. And that's that's an almighty tough ask. Um, he's rated six pound lower. Has to give him five pounds. That's tough. Baybridge low draw, straightforward ride out wins. Okay, keeping it simple with Baybridge, Daryl. Do you concur? Is it a case of just all aboard the Bay bus? Yeah, you, yeah. You wouldn't want to take him on, would you? He's well clear on ratings. Um, I, I was kind of looking, to, going to look towards the without market and see what price on gets Shandos at. I thought he was encouraging run at uh, behind the rest last time at Newbury. I haven't been off the track for God knows how long. Uh, goes well at Kempton. I think he'll run his race and I think he's pretty a reliable, solid solid yardstick to finish second to Baybridge. So I was going to look in the without market if I could to get a price about Shandos. And I should have mentioned, Vanessa, I do like to keep a close eye on uh, Chilean form. Um, I, I do <laughs> like my... my... I do like my Chilean racing and um, Fortino for the Goslins. How interesting is this horse? Fortino. Um, like, Fortino. Um, he's got an international rating of 113. Like um, To do that in Chile, I'd say takes takes fair to I don't know. I'm, I'm lying. I clearly don't know a thing about him, but I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine there's loads of horses that have come out of Chile with a rating of 113. Happy to, happy to, be, to be corrected there. But um, yeah, fascinating. Hope he gets on well for them. Fortino currently 12s on the sports book, but uh, as Kevin's outlined there, an intriguing runner for us, Dan. But um, are you with the favourite or against him here? Well, I'm not under the bridge. I'm with the bridge as well. Um, nice. Yeah, I think it, uh, the case is so obvious, isn't it? I'm not going to dwell on it. He's the best horse in the race. And I think I'll, he's had two goals on all weather. 
back in the day. One when he was just a green horse still learning in his first season, but he, he slashed up on his first proper run on the surface on his return as a three-year-old before he really climbed the ladder, freshened up. As a stable, I think nowadays maybe I've been a bit hit and miss. But I was surprised, I've got to say, that he wasn't chalked up as odds on, given the potential edge and just ability and class that he has. And I can just see all weather racing really suiting him. You know, he's a quite a free-going horse, isn't he? He's not, he's not some sort of pounding turf operator that takes a lot of winding up. I can see that cutaway appearing and the bridge um, soon settling matters. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? You have made it sound very simple, unlike I've made this podcast sound throughout the last 35 minutes or so. No, you've but sounded we... simple. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. A nice bring round there. I love it. I'm nervous to talk because I just feel like I'm going to get it wrong today. Just blame my mom. She fainted. Cathard uh, is currently the favourite. Dan, we will stick with you here for the London Mile Series final at Kempton on Saturday. And we've got Cathab up at the top of the market, 100 to 30. First view in there at fives as well. Um, Baltimore boy in there at fives. Helm Rock, just a few points bigger at currently eight to one with Betfair on the sports book. Um, give us your winner of this, please, because you've taken yourself out of the group action over at Leopardstown. So make up for it here. Yeah, someone in the YouTube comments said I was guessing something the other week and i'll just freely admit that in this instance i am to some extent i'm guessing that fantastic fox will and i can't even find a tangible reason why it might happen why he might bounce back except maybe a switch to this surface he finished last and he's only running all weather at chelmsford but he was stuck right in the car park couldn't get in it was a bit of a disaster He's down to 86 now and this is a horse i thought was interesting in royal royal ascot handicaps remember the year when sds just blew his brains out, went yeah. miles too hard on him in a Golden Gates one year. The ability's always been there. He's lost the consistency. They've been trying headgear. They're now no headgear, all weather. But Stoll won, less demanding test in terms of competition, but also surface, down to 86. Yeah, that was just jumping out. I mean, a race where you got the, the first two around here, against each other the other day in Baltimore Boy and First View in a bunch finish. And First View won the race... 12 months ago, if that's a level we're looking at, I don't think it's that strong a renewal and fantastic Fox. Yeah, I'm admitting it's a guess, mate. Can't be your name, but it's a guess, this one. I'm just hoping it's, it comes off. It's a guess. Well, you've put, currently put in a pretty big price swing, 18 to 1 with Sportsbook Fantastic Fox um, at the current moment. Daryl, you next. Are you a guesser? You're just taking a guess in here as well? Ah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with going with your gut. That's what makes you a good judge. Um, no, no such thing is, as a guess. Sorry, is, it? yeah, it, is <laughs> gut the same as guessing? Is that right? Ah, no, nah, gut feeling comes from experience, doesn't it? That's what it does. Um, right. I'm with, anyway, I'm with Baltimore, Baltimore, um, Baltimore boy who won last time. First time visor last time. He lo- he goes well at this track. He looks Kempton, but he was threatening in, in some decent handicaps throughout the summer on, on turf. And that visor, I thought, just got him to knuckle down last time. And I thought he won a little bit more cosily. He had to come from an unpromising position to pick those up that were a first few in particular that had a track position on him. And I thought he won with a, a snugly with a bit in hand and... Uh, I, I can't see how he's not going to go well again, particularly if he gets himself better position this time around. So Baltimore boy for me to back up. All right. Baltimore boy is five to one with Sportsbook right now. Kev, again, 
I have no idea if you've taken yourself out of this race on the WhatsApp group because I can't access <laughs> no, no. it, but it feels oh, like the sort of race that you might have bailed on. <laughs> no, no, I'm good because, Vanessa, we have some race and league form to talk about here. Oh, for God's <laughs> sake. Uh, now I'm going to faint, all right? Now I'm gonna <laughs> no, I'll tell you, Helen Rock um, ran in Newcastle last week and, and beat a very well fancied horse of the Irish called Tosin Wish who I thought was particularly well handicapped, and Helen Rock picked him up and laughed at him um, in winning really well. And look, he was strong in the market, like, but it was like the, it was the return to the all-weather that, that did it, I assume, because like he, he'd just been kind of tipping away there and seemed to have found a level, was dripping down the weights, but he, he bolted up. And um, he got eight pounds, which was hardy, but um, like he earned it for what he did on the night. And look, the Kublers um, seem to have the horses in great nick at the minute. And um, yeah, I, I thought he could go in again. He's clearly in, in rude health. Um, that's strong form, all, all joshing aside. And um, yeah, I think he'll go well again. All right, let's move on to the good stuff over at Leopardstown because we've got a couple of group ones to talk about. We will kick off with the matron stakes for the Phillies and Mares over the mile. And really looking forward to seeing Tahira back here. He, she is currently four to five at the top of the market, not been seen since, of course, a win at Royal Ascot. She's taking on Homeless Songs, a year older from the same yard. She Murphy booked for the ride from Dermot Weld, nine to two. And then after that, you've got the likes of Meditate in there, Rogue Millennium over from England for the Tom Clover yard. And Jumbly, Kev, can we start with you here? I know you like to go last, but Jumbly um, being thrown in the deep end here at a much bigger price. Has she got any chance in here against some of this stronger opposition? Yeah, she's interesting. Like she ran very well in America just a couple of weeks ago. You know, it's tough ask coming back this quick. Um, but like on another day, I think she would have nearly won that grade two at Saratoga. She ended up getting a, a wide old spin, um, which is tough around there. Um, look, we'll need a career best to beat the the big two, if you will. Um, but look, she's a big price. She'll absolutely rattle off the ground. Um, good draw. Um, and yeah, she, there'll be no great pressure on her. Ryder for a look down the inside there. And if she gets a, a kind spin, um, I'd say the ability is there for her to go very well. All right. So relatively positive mention for Jumbly then at a much bigger price for the places maybe. Um, but who wins it, Kev? That's what we really want to know. Who's actually going to be um, matron winner? Yeah, like Homer songs, I'd say to be a bit worried about the ground. Like she's looked just brilliant on her day. Um, but I always take the view that she 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 likes a little bit of an ease. Um she's not the most straightforward. I don't know how much uh, I doubt it was on purpose to for her to be campaigned the way she has and for her to have gone missing uh, for so long after her really good comeback behind Buckaroo. Um but look the the stable have to hear her. Um drawn maybe a little bit lower than Chris Hayes would have liked um but she's got so much class like she's got herself out of trouble a few different times uh, this season. And she she is just really good. And like you have to remember that like Dermot Weld had a slow start to the season, like like really slow. And he he is absolutely booming for the last month or so. Um and it was deliberate, I believe, for her to have a little freshen up after Ascot. Um and look, she's gonna like it might there might be a scare or two along the way. Um, you know, biggish field around Leopardstown, no quarter given, low enough draw. But um, she, she's just better. She's just better. And, um, you know, in terms of if we want to make comparisons to Hira at the same sort of price as Shaquille is, which fav do you like the best at the price? Um, I'd be saying to Hira. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's a fair comment. I'm not sure many punters would disagree with that. Daryl, off the back of everything Kev's just said there, how are you playing the matron stakes? 
Uh, I've got no idea, really, to be honest with you, Vanessa. Um, I'm not a massive fan of Tahira. I mean, I, I, I can understand why people love her. Um, I just don't think the three-year-old filly form is that strong this year. I'd be looking towards one of the older horses, but I wasn't really enamoured by their chances, to be honest. So, I, I, look, I thought Tahira was um, workmanlike when we last saw in the coronation, but perhaps that was the fact that she had three runs in quite quick succession. The break had probably done her good. Um Dermot Weld holds the key for this to, uh, to this for me because obviously he knows homeless songs better than anybody. And uh, I thought she was electric last year, and perhaps she might be on her way back with that second when we last saw. But the 157 day break just puts me off slightly. I'm in a bit of a muddle with it. Um, I do like Caddo Bell. I think Caddo Bell might be able to run into a place at 33s. I'm willing to forgive the run at Ascot um, in, in the group three behind Random Harvest last time. Perhaps it was the travelling. She was too free. She was too keen. But the massive step she took from Goran Park into to win a listed race next time out. Like if you if you just wrote that Ascot run off, like I don't know if she'd be 33 to one in there. I think she'd be a bit shorter. The hood goes on for the first time. She's a very, very strong finisher. I, I'd like to see her run well, but I have no strong opinion after all that, Vanessa. <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, we we got there in the end. Thanks, Daryl. We <laughs> move on then. Do you wanna do you wanna take the Irish Champion Stakes first? Then, seeing as surely yeah. you have a strong opinion in this. Oh yeah, there was a bit of enthusiasm there in Daryl's voice. Love it. Irish Champion Stakes. Hell of a race. Come on hell now. Yes. This hell this yes. is a treat and a half for us, isn't it? August Rodan taking on King of Steel again. Eleven to four co-favorites at the top of the market. But you throw in the likes of Nashua comes here off arguably one of her career best efforts. Over from France, Ernesto, Al Riffer just got the sense and we'll get to Kevin that we just haven't seen the best of him yet this season. What about Luxembourg, winner from last year? Spreewell in there, Point Lonsdale at a bigger price. I mean, like even the horses at 50s and 60s are good, interesting horses in their own right, Daryl. I cannot wait for this and I mean that genuinely. I have no idea who's going to win it, but I hope it develops and it is the race that we want it to be. Yeah, this is an absolute belter. Obviously, August Roden's at the top of the market. Um, people obviously, all the bet bear sports were slightly ducking August Roden at the moment. Um, King of Steel was very interesting. Uh, Listen to Kevin Stott on the Nick Luck podcast, and he said uh, he said at in the King George, he felt like he was bettered by better horses, but he also feels like coming back in trip would help. I think I don't want to be sucked into that to that view that because he was beaten by Hookham and West over there, that automatically coming back to 10 furlongs is going to be the making of him. I do think he's a mile and a half horse. I'm not a massive fan of horses coming back back from a mile and a half trip so early in their career. I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced he's going to have the pace for this. Um, that would be my opinion of, of him. And I couldn't back August Roden with, with, with your money, Vanessa, to be honest with you. He, he's just so untrustworthy. The two I like are Alphalia and Nashua. Um, Alphalia, oh. I've been... Yeah, I've been a massive fan of Alphalia since since the start of his career. And I, I've just loved the approach that Owen Burroughs has took with him. A gentle, gentle approach. He's been very, very progressive. He's just a horse with a lot of ability that we just don't know where his ceiling lies. Now, the, the, it's difficult to try and make a very strong case for him because the form is simply not there yet. But he is definitely on an upward trajectory. And I think he will love a fast run race around Leopardstown. Um, I think he's a speedy horse with, with plenty of stamina. But Nashua, for me... Oh. I think she's got a great. I think she's got a great chance here. I, I really do. I, I, look, that run at York, I think I wouldn't want to take it too seriously with Paddington there and use Paddington, but but Mustadaf is still an excellent sort of yardstick under those conditions. Fast ground, ten furlongs is exactly what he wants, and she ran an absolute screamer for me. If you go and look at her, her, her runs on um on just genuinely fast ground, she's got a fantastic record. I think she's only been beaten once. Um, 
but and I think that was in was in the Oaks. Oh no, sorry, that was in Kingland actually when she was fourth to Tuesday. But she's got a fantastic record when she gets quick round, and I think uh, I think she will love this. This this home straight here at Leopardstown. There's about two and a half furlongs of a home straight. Now it's not typically that big. But it is big enough for her to, to sort of swing around and make her challenge there. And I think um I think she'll become of a late rattle. So Nashua for me, I'll probably have something on Alphalia because I'm a big fan, but those two are against the rest of the field for me. Right. Okay. Straight in. We've gone against the top two boys up at the head of the market. Dan, let's bring you back in here. Um can August Rodan, are we are we trusting that August Rodan can bounce back? There's been very positive chat, but we want to see it, don't we? It was a proper blowout when we last saw it. Yeah, a bit of an ascot factor. It's something TC's been men- mentioned for a while, isn't it? Just how how many races you get there where they strung out like it's the old fibre oh, yeah. or something. Um, but he ran miserably, and he ran miserably on his return. And I don't even know if... I mean, the way the derby panned out, I don't even think it's categorical that he's a much better horse than than King of Steel anyway. But I'm just going to favour against the three-year-olds because they're taking up so much of the market. So I'm I'm following Daryl's path. Nashra was my first put of call too, but then I started to panic about the fact she'd been kept so busy and that was a massive effort at York on quick ground. Will she back up? Al Flayla bidding to continue Burroughs' record. I think I'm right to say he's had two runners in Group 1s this year and both have won. Um so wow. he's he's quite the target trainer and brilliantly patient, as Daryl just said. But I'm gonna back Lanfranco each way on Esto. Um just this this is a sort of profile that we always talk about with French horses, maybe Andre Fab training them for an arc. Nice pipe opener in a prep race and then really peaking for the big day. And second in the race last year to an ensemble Luxembourg. Not sure that same Luxembourg is around at the moment. He reopposes on the face of it. He's got a stiffish task to try and reverse form on on that. But Luxembourg's been more out than in this year. And Esther's had just one run. He's fresh, and he didn't shape too badly on his return. So I thought he was. I thought he was really interesting. A proper classic French prep for a race that's admittedly in Ireland, but it's a race in which he was second last year, running really well. All right. So we've got a few darts already. And none of them have sided with Auguste Rodin or King of Steel yet, Kev. Are you going to change that? Um, yeah, proper horse race this, Vanessa, isn't it? Um, look, it's always the best race run in Ireland all year. It definitely will be this year. Um, it's going to deliver. Can't wait to see it. King of Steel, looking forward to seeing him back at 10 furlongs. think it'll suit him well. Um, there'll yeah. be some booby traps. There'll be some booby traps along the way for Kevin Stott. Um, five stall five, he might be okay with. I'd say he was just hoping and praying he wouldn't get super low. Um, and, and you know, get, get it, it would have been taken out of his hands a little bit, but five is probably okay. Um, look, can't wait to see it. Look, I think Al Riffa is criminally overpriced here. Um, he, he really is like he, he's finished the three parts length second to the, the highest red horse in Europe last time, and he's got no credit for it in a race that, that didn't go his way. Um, you know, he's he's going to improve from that. Um, that was Sumian's first sit in him. He's going to benefit from it as well. He'll know the horse a lot better. This track will suit him a lot better. Um, stall nine of nine, not perfect. I would have been quite happy with eight of nine, to be honest. Um, because I think he's a horse that I could just in my mind's eye picture that classic Leopardstown late, wide, um, relentless sweep. 
you know, I think that will suit him really well. He's he's a he's a big tall boy, and I don't think you want to be switching and swapping with him too much. If um, I'm sure Sumi will be looking to wheel him out and deliver with one long lay challenge, and I think that will suit him really well. And um, I I I just can't quite compute his price. I think he's um he's like he was kind of nine to two earlier in the week. Um, I know we've had a couple of additions, but currently uh, eight to one. Eight to one with the sports book for anyone wondering at time of recording, Al Riffa. It's a it's a big price. It's a big, big price. And uh looking forward to watching him hopefully showing that on the track on Saturday. Oh. And I should mention the should mention the ground. The ground might be considered a bit of an unknown for him, but it's it's not concerning anyone involved, I don't think. Okay. Simple like that. It's not concerning anyone involved. That's what we like to hear. What a weekend of racing, of course. The Betfair Sprint Cup, really the highlight for us. So looking forward to seeing Shaquille. But before we wrap up the show, let's do our naps, boys. Naps, please. Kevin Blake, you are not allowed to nap something at the bloody racing league, sadly. Um, Kev, let's start with you. Your nap, please. Keep it simple. Bay Bridge uh, just wins. Oh, Bay Bridge. I really thought you were going to go with Al Riffa there. Yeah, could do. But, um, no, no, you've gone with Baybridge. Much shorter price, but over on the all-weather, I like it. Uh, Daryl, your nap, please. 235 Ascot Hickory. Okay. And Dan, you please. St. Lawrence win and place in the Betfair Sprint Cup. What two unbelievably good group ones, haven't we, on both sides of the Irish Sea. So what a great weekend. And I'm trying to nab the winner of the, the major race over here. Belters, left, right and centre. Uh, love it. I mean, I, I don't feel like this pod has been one of my best, but I'm blaming my fainting been mother. Great. Before we go, don't forget the Sportsbook offer, special offer this weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. A completely free bet on racing multiples, but you must opt in and you must do it responsibly. Read the T's and C's and that runs alongside the usual sportsbook offer of Bet5 on horse racing multiples and get a free bet. Again, read the T's and C's and do it responsibly. Gamble responsibly this weekend. Have a good one. Enjoy yourself because it's an absolute cracker. The sun is shining. We're into September. What a time to be alive. Thank you very much for joining us. And we will be back tomorrow with a bumper, an extra episode for you, previewing Sunday's action over at Leopardstown.